Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, so what you're what you're telling us is there there's an entire like community of people in New York. Find them. Who are wandering the streets in crazy outfits and dancing and shit. And they're all on some kind of spiritual mushroom-fueled quest. I was one of those story. people. <laughs> I was one of those people. So do the math. There has to be like 300 other people that had to do the same thing. That's true. In the city. And you have walked with these people. I've found these people because I've been. you walk and you find. <laughs> and where did they take you? To the park. To <laughs> where the music and the community is. Place to be. <laughs> And what did you guys do there? They smoked a weed. Yeah? <laughs> and danced. And then I was like, all right, have a great day. <laughs> Welcome to Tea Time with T-Kid. I'm T-Kid. This week on the show, we've got Michael Zaystev, founder of the High NY Meetup and the author of The Entrepreneur's Guide to Cannabis. He's going to come through and talk about cannabis business, cannabis media, and the general direction of the legal cannabis industry. Then my buddy Skeletor is going to come through, and he's got some really fancy raw vegan edibles for us that we're going to try. Now let's get started with a little conversation about what exactly High NY is. Mike, you are the founder of High NY. Tell the people, what is High NY? Sure. And thank you for having me. It's, it's really an honor to be here. I'm like thrilled to be here. Thanks. My pleasure, man. I mean, so we actually, we first met when you invited me to speak at High and Y and I was writing about cannabis and I showed up and I talked about cannabis and the media. I don't remember exactly what I said, but you know, in general, I think it was something about how like I'm doing it right and everyone else is doing it wrong, right? <laughs> And you were right. Let me tell you. About that. <laughs> now, there's a lot of great weed writers out there. But uh, yeah, can you tell me uh, or just explain for uh, the massive Tea Time audience, what exactly is High and Why? Sure. High and Why is a community of cannabis activists and entrepreneurs in New York. And every month there's an event with a guest speaker from a different part of the cannabis community whether that's business, medical activist, you know, politically involved, all different aspects. And, you know, it gives people who support cannabis and the re-legalization of the plant an opportunity to get together, meet each other, collaborate, learn something, and hopefully be inspired to take some kind of action with, 
you know, about this thing they're passionate about. Yeah. And, you know, I've been super, super fortunate that people in, in the community have supported me by coming to speak at events like Steve D'Angelo, Ethan Nadelman, you, um, a lot of other great people that took the time to come educate the community. And I think this industry and everything that's happening is so new and there's still so much misinformation that, you know, the more people can learn what's really happening, the better off we'll all be down the line. Mm. So It's a really cool uh, event series. And, I mean, you know, you've really brought together a lot of people who are passionate about cannabis who now see the opportunity to turn that, you know, into business. In a lot of cases, there's a huge entrepreneurship, you know, factor to, to high and why. Once it's federally legal, there's going to be a lot of major corporate interests who can cultivate a lot of cannabis who are going to want in and they're going to get in and potentially defeat all of these grassroots companies. So do you see hope in the future of the cannabis industry or is it just all darkness? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's all darkness. Um, I think there's a lot of green and it's just going to take a few more years because the industry is a startup industry. There's not a lot of infrastructure that the tech industry, the finance industry, or any other mature business industry, uh, it, it doesn't have the same infrastructure. These guys can't bank, you know? They can't write off like the most common business tax deductions if they're touching the product because it's still federally illegal. So there's still really a long way to go. And, but, to me, as an entrepreneur, that's super exciting because the rules haven't been written yet. The rules are being written right now. And that process is influenced by people who are active right now and in the mix, contributing somehow right now. So it's like, to me, the most exciting industry you could be a part in. And, you know, I've worked in Silicon Valley. I worked on Wall Street. but. This is, I think, the biggest opportunity for entrepreneurship that, you know, and it's and it, it's super exciting because no one knows how it's going to play out. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the kind of initiatives or like, you know, mission points for you and, and for High and Y, I suppose, too, is like creating a, a social environment around cannabis, right, as opposed to alcohol. This is something that really resonates with me because, you know, I don't drink that much, right? I drink very rarely and kind of lightly. And to me, I mean, you know, I smoke a lot of weed, but in a place like New York, that relegates you to your home. And actually pretty much anywhere, uh, even in places where it's legal, you can't really smoke anywhere. There's no place for you to go. They have like clubs, I guess. Yeah, but. you can't go hang out and blaze and meet people and be at a venue that's not someone's home. You know, that's like a social venue where other people are interacting and meeting each other and socializing, which to me is insane. And like, I really want to be able to change that in New York. And I, I get to see some cool stuff happening underground, but it's like not, you know, you're not able to do that legitimately because of a law that makes absolutely no sense. You know, the thing that kind of bothers me about the process of cannabis legalization, right, is that 
it has to pander to the status quo, right? Like you have to demonstrate that there's a tax benefit and, you know, give it like do a massive yeah. uh, percentage sales tax on, on the weed for that to be like relevant. They have to say like, oh, the money goes towards schools. Like to me, it's a way, right? Like they say that the activists managed to get cannabis legalized when they like, you know, went the the suit route. You know what I mean? They put on ties and lobbied and like did all this shit and they like grew up and, you know, um, and and finally got it done. To me, the thing is like, that was the way to do it, right? But it's still so wrong because it still treats cannabis as like this, like, oh, this dangerous thing. Like, frankly, like you shouldn't have to be 21 to, to buy cannabis. You know what I'm saying? It's less dangerous than tobacco. Like it's definitely less you know dangerous than tobacco. And Absolutely. in most of America, you can buy tobacco at 18. And, you know, to another point, it's like the the all the crazy, like, you know, measures and shit. Like they should just let people grow weed at home. I don't think what like people realize that, Correct. you know. Yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, this was just like a vegetable that you could grow at home and like, you know, it grows wild. And that's yeah. what most people did. And yet, you know, we're going the opposite route and like totally commodifying it. We cannot exist outside of its like state sanctioned, you know, zoned grow house. And then it can't leave that thing in anything except a certain type of state sanctioned container. And they can only be sold here. It can only be smoked in the privacy of your home. Right. It's still treated like this, this poison. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So regulations are a really big challenge for this industry because no one knows how to regulate this thing the right way. And every system's a little different, which is like crazy if you're trying to do business and you have to figure out how to play in this industry. And each state has completely different market dynamics um, for the same product, which is like, you know, or is it the same product, you know, because it, it probably isn't, right? You know, cannabis has proven time and time again uh, to be a pretty bipartisan issue. Like it seems like, uh, you know, uh, Democrats and Republicans, conservatives and liberals alike. They all get high. They all get high. Right. And, and they're all for like cannabis legalization, like regardless of your political leanings. I think we've just come to that point where all that propaganda you know, of the, the 20th century has now worn off or the people who are under its effects have like died off mostly, right? And now there's some common sense beyond politics, you know, when it comes down to uh, whether people think we should legalize or not. You know, I, I think one thing that hasn't happened yet, which is major, is the medical and the adult use side have to really separate like right now they're bucketed together in most situations sold in the same stores in a lot of places yeah and the, the the thing is though that true medical we are like under equipped to do because of the lack of research and really that's not what the market's interested in that market like the money is in the recreational or sorry excuse me I, not recreational, the adult use. Um, oh wait, why? What's the? Uh, is that the preferred term now? I, I think recreational. I've heard some people say that that they don't like that association because. It's oh yeah, like, that's a thing now. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So this is the thing where they say, and this is something that Pinsky says too, right? Is that there's no 
Uh, there's no such thing as recreational weed. Like, it's all medical. And I, I kind of agree with it's that. It's all wellness, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, like, I don't smoke cannabis, like, I mean, I, I enjoy it, you know, but, like, just because I enjoy it doesn't mean I'm just doing it, uh, you know, for recreational purposes. Like, I do like to get high, but I do feel good or I feel better, you know, beyond just being stoned. I was telling you earlier, like, I, I must be the only guy that since I've gotten into the cannabis world, I've started smoking less pot. Yeah, how the fuck is that? <laughs> well, I've been vaping and eating more pot, you know, a lot of edibles because they're just so fun for me. You know, some people edibles have no effect on, but some people really, if you know your dosage, it's so convenient and and just great. Right then, my buddy Skeletor came through and he brought some flowers as well as a really fancy edible. They were raw vegan bars infused with cannabis. Skeletor is one of my most trusted weed men and he always comes through with some fancy shit. What do you got for us today, Skeletor? For today, we have <laughs> forbidden fruit. It's purple and orange, very fruity and delectable. And it smells Crazy, crazy strong, very aromatic. I can smell it all the way across the table over here. Well, what I'm rolling up is called Animal Cookies, grown in Portland, Oregon by the Resin Ranchers. And that's not weed. Those are actual, he's just crushing animal crackers up <laughs> on the table. And he's going to roll them up. And if you haven't tried it, you should try it. Are you crazy? You haven't heard that people smoke animal crackers? Get with it. Google it, smoke animal crackers. You heard it here first. <laughs> These are just some gorgeous, beautiful buds. Yeah, really, really nice. Wow. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that shit has. Can I see that for a sec? Yeah. Take a look at the forbidden yeah. fruit. Forbidden. Dude, there's a certain level of flowers that just like it becomes wow. like this crispy, like popcorn puff. It's <laughs> like it's so, so covered in crystals and little hairs. And and it has that deep smell. You know, like, the way I used to describe it, when I was in college, I used to get my weed from, like, hippie, like, fish dudes, you know? And I would be like, give me that weed you got that smells like medicine. You know what I mean? Like, that's what this shit is. It smells like medicine. You want to see this, Mario? It is medicine. This is medicinal marijuana. That's what it's up. Yeah, 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 exactly. It just smells like it. They sell this in the medicinal section at the dispensary. It's like a dark purple inside. That's new. Yeah, right? It's, like, it's green on the outside and, like... Crunchy on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, wait, so we've also got some, uh, what, are these candy bars? What is this? This is a raw vegan edible, and they are made with love and <laughs> cannabis. Oh uh, yeah? <laughs> with your love? or No, no, no we have a vegan reach. chef, and he's the best chef around. Ooh, this smells good. Brooklyn made, man. No shit. And uh, how strong is... Oh, wow. This looks amazing. So this is like a it's chocolate artisanal. bar. So it's vegan chocolate, I'm guessing, Cacao. right? Cacao. Yeah, with banana chips and chia seeds. And it's like all nutty. Coconut oil. It smells like coconut. So it's infused coconut oil that's in yeah, this? Yeah, it's uh, medicinal coconut oil. And I'm going to try a bite of this before I ask you how strong it is. <laughs> it varies per, per person. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's what you should say on all edibles packages. Varies Your by person. may vary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Oh, wow, that's really tasty. Yeah, oh, even without the weed, it's pretty good. You try that, Mike? No, fuck, I will. You can buy it, buddy. Oh, wow, yeah, that's amazing. 
So Skeletor and I had an interesting counter the other day. We all got one of your buddies. And something that came up at one point that I thought was interesting, I thought about a little bit after, was um, that he was like, oh, you know, you, you shoot a bunch of weed stuff or do a bunch of weed, you know, journalism. Like, where do you usually go? And I was like, well, like 80% of the time, I'm in Colorado, right? I go there a lot. And he was like, oh, I feel sorry for you. You have to smoke their shit weed. Like, and I was like, I wouldn't say it's like shit weed. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's weed. It, it's it's like really good weed. And like, okay, Northern Cali weed, I, I'll admit, is better. It's perhaps the best weed like in the world. Or like, you know, Northwest, um, you know, Oregon, Washington. They have fantastic weed, right? It's really good. It's probably better Tasteful. than Colorado weed too. Yeah. But, I wouldn't say it's the best. It's just more flavorful. Yeah, and it's good. But Colorado weed is still really, really good. It's grown in the mountains. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just delicious. There is a prevailing attitude, though, right? That, oh, like, you know, there's a competitive nature to weed. Like, our weed is better. Like, you know, oh, like, their weed shit. Ours is better. Oh, you got to do bigger dabs. Like, oh, your dabs are shit. Like, mine is like, my glass is better. To me, like, being that competitive is totally missing the point of that enlightening effect that cannabis can and should have on you. You know it's what community. I mean? We should have a community aspect instead of a competitional aspect. Yeah. Because what is weed without sharing it with each other and knowing how good it tastes if you can't try it? Yeah, it's like a kid eating acid and going to a rave. Like, that's, you yes. know what I mean? Like, a lot of kids do it, but, like, that's... And I don't want to say this is how you should do a drug because that seems authoritarian, but, like, that's kind of <laughs> not how you do it. Like, I would not recommend <laughs> anyone to take acid and go to a rave. That's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you're also doing, like, you know, ecstasy or something to pick you up. Otherwise, you'd just be like, look at all these people. Like, what's wrong with them? Know. You know? Like, I don't know. It's like, it's it feels powerful. weird. Depends on the rave, I think. Depends I on the rave. <laughs> if I'm tripping, I like to, like, you know, like, look at somebody and be like, oh, man, that man is, like, tying his shoelaces. He just wants his <laughs> shoes to stay on. You know what I mean? Like, if you're at, like, a rave, you see, like... You know. Overstimulated. Yeah, it's just like you see somebody doing some crazy shit, wearing like fucking translucent orange fairy wings and like, you know, and like a Davy Crockett hat, like fucking beer bonging, like special K or Where whatever the fuck they do at the race. What's that? Where's this rave at? Yeah, I know, right? And finally, we finish things up with a conversation about friendship on acid. And not that I've never had like a, a bad trip, you know, really, but... I don't know. I, I do like, you know, when you meet new people on acid, I don't think, I don't know. I, like, it might be a truer perception of that person, but it doesn't function as well in the real world. Yeah. I think. Interesting. You ever made a friend on acid? Like, while you were, not, while you were tripping? Like, a new friend? That's a good question. <laughs> Besides, like, yourself or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just see people as characters. Because you can't see yourself anymore. You're not. You're not yourself. You're just the environment. So you're those people. So you guys haven't made a friend on acid, is what you're saying, right? I've made mad friends on shrooms. Yeah. Acid's more like solo. You know. Yeah. What kind of friends do you make on shrooms? <sighs> Musicians. People like in the street dancing, crazy outfits. <laughs> people you want to find. People you would avoid on a normal day. Yes. Those are the magic folk. <laughs> they bring you to strange places. Are they usually on mushrooms too? They're on like spiritual shit, mushrooms, weed, people. 
Okay, so what you're what you're telling us is there's there's an entire like community of people in New York gotta find them. who are wandering the streets in crazy outfits and dancing and shit. And they're all on some kind of spiritual mushroom fueled quest. I was one of those people. <laughs> I was one of those people. So do the math. There has to be like three hundred other people that had to do the same thing. That's true. In the city. And you have walked with these people. I've found these people because I've been. You walk and you find. And where did they take you? <laughs> to the park. To where the music and the community Good is. Place to be. <laughs> and what did you guys do there? They smoked a weed. Yeah? And danced. And then I was like, all right, have a great day. So, Skeletor, Mike wrote a book. And it's called... The Entrepreneur's Guide to Cannabis. The Entrepreneur's Guide to Cannabis. Yeah. And I, it's about weed. I uh, interviewed like 50 of the industry's top leaders. I just got in touch with all of these people and asked them the same set of questions, which were centered around advice for entrepreneurs and people who want to be in cannabis. And I took all of that, concentrated it together, and put it into an ebook, and you can get it on Amazon. You can go on entrepreneur420.com and get it, or go to Amazon and type in The Entrepreneur's Guide to Cannabis. The book costs 420. It's a quick read. $420, ladies and gentlemen. A small price to pay for all of the secrets. But it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> what's a, give us a little free tip. What's, the, what's a little cannabis entrepreneurship tip from the book? The wet people's appetite. I think one of the things is uh, you have to be an activist if you want to be an entrepreneur in this industry. That's like a bare minimum. Um, Two is there's ways that this industry is unlike any other industry and you have to understand those variables and adjust to that. And it's complicated. You know, you, you could meet people and never really know who's who because there's no like record books of the cannabis industry, you know, or anything like that. Mm. Or, you know, so... Um, it, there's a lot of misinformation. I think it's all about people. It's all about relationships and working with people that you really trust. Um, it's In some ways, it's just like any other industry. You have to know the key skills of entrepreneurship if you want to be a cannabis entrepreneur. And entrepreneurship in and of itself is difficult. You know, so like invest in your entrepreneurship education. There's a bunch of books you can read about it. There's a bunch of resources for you. You know, like go meet people who are doing that. So you have a community of like-minded people who support you. You know, like my whole thing is I, I just want people to, to put their talents to use and, and get motivated. And I think this is a great way for people to engage and real change that could be really important. Fuck yeah, dude. And props to you for, you know, making that shit happen. Thank you. All I want is for people to listen to this fucking podcast. That's really, that's really my only goal, <laughs> personal or social. Nice. Skeletor, what's the name of your book? My book, it's called We Got Insurance. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out in September. <laughs> Come to the gallery show. Nice.
Nice. Good <laughs> shit, man. Well, thank you guys for hanging out. I'm going to finish this edible. And yeah, we'll see you next time on Tea Time with Tea Kid. Peace. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much to Mike and Skeletor for coming through and hanging out. Our editor and engineer, Mark Leambroni, and our producers, Zach Sokol and Wilbert Cooper. See you next time.